It's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend down below, you can make this season jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favour and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then, add Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have all the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack and so should you. Head to manscaped.com and use the code KEEPER20 for free shipping and 20% off. G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined tonight by Kays. Welcome back to the show, mate. Thanks, Hef. How's uh, Hef's Keeper League podcast going these days? <laughs> it's been going okay. A uh, few new guests. We've had uh, Checkers on. We had Louis on for the first time in a while. Uh, Doss came back on for a show and uh, Tommy Wyman, one of our new recruits, was on the uh, Drafty Analysis uh, podcast, which I highly recommend people uh, jump on the membership and have a listen to because that guy seriously knows his draftees, that's for sure. Did you have a listen? Uh, I haven't just yet. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of stepped away for a little bit, Hef, you know, just refresh the uh, the juices, as you like to, to think. Just uh, still kicking myself after another missed year, but, um, you know, a few months off, you know, just to reflect and uh, find some peace in my life and, you know, we're on to some bigger things next year. How many um, box of tissues do you reckon you've been through since that grand final? Uh, to, oh, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it. I actually have got, I've got no... Juices left to cry, oh, you know, like it just, <laughs> it drained me completely. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what I'm going to do next year. Look, I, I'm always thinking about maybe just burning my team and starting again. But this, that's chat for another that chat for another time. But yeah, um, we'll have to do some trade yeah. talk, I reckon, because I'm coming into the window and I've probably got some youngsters you could do with. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll uh, talk about that later. So, yeah, um, yeah. If you haven't listened to it yet, listeners, jump on to the membership. If you're not a member yet, sign up and uh, check it out because it's definitely worth listening to. But yeah, Tommy Wyman comes on. He writes for Rookie Me Central, um, the uh, website that basically is the number one resource on the internet. I'm going to say for draftees. So if you're not checking that place out, uh, you're missing out. And this guy just knows everything about every draftee, what they play like. Um, coupled with uh, my fantasy data I had on the mall, um, there's a lot of good intel there. So yeah, if you've got drafts coming up next year, make sure you're uh, checking that one out. Um, but yeah, as well as that, we've got more premium resources as uh, on our website for the members as well. So you've got the breakout tracker coming out in January, draft rankings soon after that. Uh, we'll have projections and much, much more in the off-season to help you pick your teams for next year. So yeah, that's my little spiel done at the top there, Case. Spiel. Now, I know you've probably discussed it on that pod, but you know we like to get our boys out in front of each other nice and early. You've yeah. got one boy you can claim. It can't be Will Ashcroft. Yeah. I want you to name one boy. Who's your boy that you're claiming ahead of next season as a rookie? Uh, can I go real deep? Like not- Of course. So this good. is the Keeper League podcast. Yeah, good, good, good. We're I'm not the traders, mate. We actually talk about, you know, <laughs> some different people. Well, the guy that I absolutely love um, is uh, Harvey Gallagher. So, I think he was taken at pick 39. And uh, he's actually was overlooked last year in the draft, but uh, he kind of transformed himself into a uh, into a defender after being a forward for last season. And he averaged something like he didn't go under like 130 for the last five games of the year when he switched to defence. So I think he went to the Western Bulldogs. So he might struggle to get in there. But uh, yeah, look, if he can uh, if he can get a gig, he's a fantasy beast uh, in waiting. So. He's all yours. <laughs> Did you follow any of the draft? You got anyone? I've honestly got no one, mate. I'm, I'm telling you, I literally stepped aside for a while. So, I'm, I'm ready. I think soon I'll be, you know, ready to get back into it and I'll be listening to the podcast and I'll obviously be scouring that uh, that guide that you spent hours and hours putting together. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to those two resources. All right. Good to hear. Now, Kays, we've got in the document here, fixed chat. What's, what's the go with that? Mm. Well, I just thought uh, there's been a bit of um, stuff on, on Twitter going around, I suppose. It's never too early to start thinking about, you know, next season. And we're talking about position changes and, you know, you know who's maybe changed clubs or who's got different roles, et cetera, et cetera. But look, obviously, we've got the, the gather round next year in Adelaide, which, which means that there's 24 rounds of footy. Um, there's now four buy rounds. So my kind of thing 
is we always argue about it in our league, Hef, as a keeper league. Are we playing through the buyers? You know, can we trade through the buyers? You know, what's happening through the buyers? So, probably just more of a um, a PSA to, to you know, um, people in your group chat to start thinking, you know, four weeks this year, are you going to play through four weeks of buyers? Are you not going to play through four weeks of buyers? It's a long time to not play. You know, what are you going to do in, the, in that particular period of time? I don't know what you have, but um, in our league, we've never played through the buyers. You no. know, with an extra week... Do you reckon we'll actually maybe have a think about it this year with, with four weeks or because we've got the extra round, um, it's effectively the same amount of, um, you know, fantasy fixtures. It's just that we've got an actual month off in between the, in the season there. Yeah, I'm definitely open to thinking about, um, yeah, playing through it because I agree that four weeks, well, I think if four weeks is probably a bit too long to have off. Now, there's some different things you can do. So, like, you can do combined rounds and stuff like that. So, you could take the best player's score over two weeks and things like that. Um, that kind of give everyone a bit of a fair, uh, fair go at it. Um, if you've got a lot of players on a buy, you get another chance next week. You can do a few different things like that. I think one of the rounds as well is only two players on the buy too. So, mm. and like... Yep. Our league could probably use a bit of chaos. You know, we've been a bit too straight down the line, a bit too boring for too long maybe. Maybe we could maybe we could mix things up like that. What's your, what's your thoughts? Well, I, I was kind of thinking about it today because um, I've been at home pondering my life. Yeah, what's, uh, why, are we, why are we recording COVID? in ISO, by the way, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I've finally succumbed to COVID. Well, I'm on the back end of it. Hopefully, I'll be back at work tomorrow. But uh, it wasn't that fun, as I'm sure most people will know. But, uh, you know, I think what I've always hated about playing through bias is that you know, someone's either going to get a good end of the stick and a bad end of the stick. So someone's usually going to come out of it, you know, uh, on average, you know, either 2-1 or 1-2 out of the buyers. And I think that's a little potentially unfair. But if you've got four rounds, I know they're not evenly spit, split games and, and teams off, but if, if everyone effectively could come out of the buy rounds 2-2, two and two, it doesn't really affect the season too much, if that makes sense. You know, like... Um, there won't be so many teams that are really advantaged or disadvantaged. And if you really want to get into it, I know we're keeper legs and you can't do it as much as you can in draft, etc. But maybe when you're in your last couple of picks, when you're just tossing up between, I don't know, Spud A and Spud B, like if you've got a guy who, you know, um, is going to play through some of these rounds that you know some of your better players aren't, maybe it's worth picking up, you know, uh, name a name, like, you know, um, Dylan Stevens instead of James Harms or someone like that because you know that um, you know they've got to buy in the right time or something like that. I don't know. It, it might kind of come into my calculations this year to try and have a, a a strong squad throughout the four weeks if I can try and manipulate it that way. Yeah, and I guess we we talked about a few different things you can do, but yeah, like um, if you play ultimate footy, you can adjust scores manually, so you could run the run the rounds on a spreadsheet and just kind of chuck the scores in mm-hmm. afterwards, work it all out, or you could come up with a system where you play less players, like instead of eighteen on field, you play fifteen on field or something like yeah. that in a week that can kind of yeah cover your buys, and maybe they could be you don't set to positions, you just as the, the, your best fifteen players for the week or something like that might yeah. help you out, and you can decide after the fact. Even like if you name them, you could just whatever your top fifteen of the week is, that's the winner. And you know, have a have a think with your league, come up with some ideas because um yeah, there's lots of potential there for different things you can do. Totally, I thought it was just worth flagging because it's been in uh, you know in the Twitter sphere lately. But um, I suppose we can get onto the uh, the main reason we're here tonight. Hef, it's all about the position changes for 2023. Yes, last week uh, Warney kindly flicked us the spreadsheet. We had to keep it secret for a, for a few days until he uh, released everything. I think on uh, Friday, I think it was. So decided to get into the studio. Well, I'm in the studio tonight. You're at home, but uh, let's talk about a few uh, positions. So we'll do players that have had positions added. Players that have uh, lost positions or lost DPP essentially and players that have switched positions. So generally going from defender to forward and forward to defender and stuff like that. As always, we've not focused on the players that are too good for the podcast. That's 2G4P for any new listeners out there and tried to focus on the ones that are going to be relevant later on in your drafts, generally outside of the top 150. But the first two here that I've got added are probably a bit higher up the draft order, but I just think they're players that... um, their value could have changed a bit with their additions to their DPPs. First one is Kyle Langford. So he's added forward. That was a bit of a given, you reckon, Kays? Yeah. Nothing's a given anymore. Hef, I don't understand how it all works. If <laughs> it's I'm quite simple now so. we've established it, but anyway, move on. Uh, I can talk about that later if you want me to. But um, yeah, look, I think it's a, it's a plus. He's always been one who's kind of been a forward and then not been a forward. Like he's kind of almost alternated years, whether he's had DPP or not. Uh, very handy to... Uh, owners of him to have it back and I think he he definitely puts him in the frame he could be a you know he's an he's an 85 90 average player so he could be a 
top, you know, 15, 10 forward um, this year easily. Yeah, definitely. When he's had forward status in the past, he's generally been pretty handy. So I'm pretty happy to see him back. It's just, um, yeah, what position do you see him play this season? Because I think Martin pushed, pushed him up the ground a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. If he plays that forward role, does he score that well? What do you reckon? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the forward line. I think he's going to be a bit of a hybrid, whether it's on the wing or the half forward flank. I think he can be damaging either way. You know, someone like Nick Martin, as he said, he's got forward status too still. So uh, I think how Essendon play or did play, um, he, he'd still be very relevant. I th- it's going to be interesting to see what happens with um, with uh, Chris Scott as coach now, or Brad Scott, whichever Scott it is. Um, <laughs> Brad. But uh, <laughs> Brad. They look the but, same, um, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. They're both brothers. Um yeah, look, I'm keen on him this year. I think regardless, he's a, he's a quality player. He, he always kind of bobs up for a goal or two, which probably shows he does have that forward prowess. So if you're uh, keen on him, I th- he'd be one I'd be targeting pretty soon if you wanted to get him into your side. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, no surprises here. I've just got him here, Andrew McGrath. Like everyone would have expected him to have defender status. It's just funny that like he doesn't get it with the position changes throughout the year, but he gets it when the new positions come out the following year because they obviously played enough there over the whole year or started enough there over the whole year but didn't do it enough in a six-week block, if that makes sense. So just to highlight the bit of uh, controversy, I guess, around position changes, I thought that was an interesting Mm, one. He's a 2G4P player though, right? So we don't really need to spend too much time on that one. But uh, yeah, I think a few owners are definitely going to be happy with Andrew McGrath getting defender status. Don't you reckon? Totally. Um, Definitely makes him worth a hold and um, should be more than capable Especially if he does get that role, he's a he's a very good distributor across half back. Um, Dyson Heppel's on the way out. I think, uh, yeah, potentially it's a it could be a big season for McGrath. Absolutely. Uh, next one is Nat Fife. Now you know superstar of the past. If he's injury free, hopefully he can return to some decent form. But because he was so injured last year, spent a lot of time up forward. He's had forward status added. So how do you think he goes this year, Case? <sighs> All depends on his body. Like. Yeah. There was a lot of people saying he was going to go well last year when he came back. And what did he end up scoring? Half like no, I don't know off the top of my head, but now. it wasn't huge. Fifty six was his average. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, obviously, you know, off those numbers, needs needs a full status. His best score was an eighty nine. <sighs> look, I, yeah, I don't. It all depends where know. he plays, right? And the issue is like so many young guns in that midfield now. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to probably try to blood someone like Erasmus. They've brought in Diego yep. Mira. Yeah. Does he just sit forward now? Well, he's an incredibly dangerous proposition up forward. You know, like he's a big guy, can take a great overhead mark, usually a pretty um, reliable set shot at goal. Um, yeah, there's there's every chance. But, you know, he, he could be one of those players who really thrives up forward and, and just kind of does some pinch hitting in the middle to, to steady the ship at times for Freo. I do think um, but yeah. probably Max you're going to get out of him is probably an 80 to 85 if everything goes to plan and he's playing up forward and he's not injured. Do you think he he's can 30, pip that? Yeah, he's yeah, he's 31, so you probably can't expect the world, really, can you? In the end, nah. um, it, it's hard to to see a like a, you know return to the five of old. But um, I'm sure there'll be some suitors for him, no doubt, with the forward status. Now, Kays, you'll love this one, given your boy Jordan Degoe didn't get forward status again. But mm. we'll talk about that one later. But uh, Ben Cunnington did, so he got forward status. So what do you make of this, Kays? Uh, this is an absolutely <laughs> laughable situation. He played two games last year uh, for 67% time on ground and apparently that's enough to make him a forward. Didn't even kick a goal. Didn't even kick it behind. All right. But he's a forward. So we better clarify this for our listeners. And there's been a bit of debate and I, I did seek some clarification from the Warn Dog. And um, I don't even think he 100% knows the formula, but to his understanding, it is where you start, what position you start at, at a centre bounce, the percentages over the year, um, as to where your position is for this season. So over the whole year... Ben Cunnington obviously played, only played two games and in over 35% of those games, he started in the forward line. So that's how he gets his forward status. Now, that's so, pretty handy. Uh, I've got, it's, oh, don't get me wrong, it's handy. And I love Ben Cunnington. He's one of my favourite players yeah. to watch. But like, this is where it comes down to some real inconsistencies with this whole you know position changes thing. So if he played two games you know, from rounds uh, one to two, he wouldn't have got forward status for the rest of the season, right? If he didn't play again. Nah, it's if, if no, nah, because if he just would have played those two games in forward line, he would have got. Oh, so, sorry, yes, for the year, but like, I mean, right, when when changes come out rolling wise, like you need what three or oh, four yeah, games of course. for yep. it to to work. So then 
this time it only is two games. It's just it's just odd. Yeah, I think the big thing is for me if we don't even know what it is. If it is it actually if it's starting positions, I suppose that's fine, and at least it's a, a measurable metric. But is it actually that reliable? You know, and Degoe for someone, for example, you know, yes, he had a lot of CBA, seventy eight percent really. Over the year. Sure, but is he really spending that much time in the midfield? Yes. That, that's my question. <laughs> he, he is. We'll talk about the goalie later when we talk about lost uh, positions. I know you're dying to talk about that one and rant and <sighs> rave about that one. But uh, look, will. Cunnington, like, like we, just, we just discussed, like it's about your starting position, where you start at centre bounces. Fair enough, he's got it. Um, it makes sense for every position really when you look at him, if that's the case. But people that have owned him have been blessed really with this one because he's likely to move back into the midfield, provide a bit of experience this year. Could average 80 to 85, I think, as a forward. Yep. So, going to be pretty handy. Yeah, no, totally. I love Ben Cunnington here. And he's probably like past the days of being a really reliable midfield-only player. But with the, the forward DPP, he's um, yeah definitely one to watch. Next one's Beast Mode, Reese Matheson. And look, if this was last year, I'd be super excited. But given that we've seen um, Dunkley and Ashcroft who are likely to come into the Brisbane midfield, I don't think Reese Matheson's going to get too many games this year. But he's been added forward status. So if they cop a heap of injuries, he's basically the next one into that midfield as a forward. Um, I think we saw it last year, a few scores of 90 and things like that. Um, had a good little patch where he was running in the midfield and scored fairly well. So if something like that happens, he could be handy. But I think the, the real issue is whether he gets a game throughout the year. Uh, you agree, Case? Totally agree. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to Finlay McRae for the next one. So he's added forward status. Um, a lot of talk about Finlay McRae um, working as an inside midfielder, playing as an inside midfielder um, in the future. So I don't see how he fits in next year really, but if he you know, does take that next step in his development, he could be a, a handy one with forward status. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's tough to see, obviously, um, with Jordan Degoe, the inside midfielder, and um, Tom Mitchell, the inside midfielder as well. Um, maybe not too many positions for, for Finlay to play. Have we seen any pictures of his pipes this preseason? Uh, We've seen a lot of... No, we haven't. A lot of took, but no no pipes McRae. So. Yeah, we saw Miles Bergman as well with some monumental oh, my pipes. my goodness, they were some pipes. They were huge. Um, but yeah, nothing of Finlay. You should probably tweet into Collingwood and see if they can post one. Yeah, that's true. Well, I actually posted they they are in the finals. They asked it. Um, they asked sorry. They asked what, uh, what do you want to see from open training today? And I just said Finn McRae's pipes, but I didn't get a response. So I'm not sure Rude. what's going on there. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next one, James Harms. Now, most this has all been off the cuff so far, but you've actually got some notes here for James Harms case. I do. Well, this is one that I kind of, uh, you know, went through and had a look and I thought, geez, James Harms with forward status is quite nice. Um, Average 72.7 last year, obviously incredibly irrelevant as a midfield only, but with that forward status, it really does give him some uh, relevance. So best 22 at the days for me. And look, I think, you know, if he's averaging that 73, that's more than respectable as a forward especially because he's someone who always has a pretty good floor. Like, he's never going to bust out big tons, but, you know, we'll rarely go below a 60 or 70 for you uh, just because he does like a tackle and and uh, usually can find the footy. So, he's obviously going to be tough to get off someone now with that forward status. But, um, look, if he does kind of, you know, drop off someone's list, you know, especially if you have, you know, not too many keepers, he might be one to look forward uh, in taking because, um, yeah, just because he's consistent and, um, yeah, and he's a starter in that Melbourne side. I think the, the big issue with him for me is last year he spent a fair bit of time on the wing. Lockie Hunter comes in this year. A lot of people think he might be the one that goes in because they did rotate quite a few mm. on that wing. Um, you got Langdon that takes up one, no question he's there. But then there was probably three there's probably three players fighting it out for one spot. You got James Jordan, you got Hunter, and you got Harms. But Harms can play anywhere, that's the thing. He can. He he can play forward or hopefully even back. Or even in, if, in the midfield as like a tagger or something like that too. He can kind yeah. of do those roles yeah. as well. Um I just think he's a safe, safe option. I think he'll average like status. a seventy and that's pretty pretty handy for you, like D four oh, sorry, F four type thing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Handy one to have just on your bench and bring him on when you need him as well. Um you got notes for Tyler Sonti here too. Jeez, you're on fire. I do. Yeah, he added forward status too. Uh one of my favourites. Honestly, he's going to be an absolute fantasy stud of the future. And what I like with the, the forward status addition just kind of gives you a bit of a free swing for him this year because, you know, obviously unholdable as a mid, but potentially holdable as a, as a mid forward DPP. Look, only averaged 63 in his first season, but a very couple eye-catching games from in there. Obviously, the big factor is that Taranto and Hopper have arrived, but uh, I think if you can stash him or hold him, 
Uh, I would because I, I'm really big on Sonsi. I think he's a fantastic player. Had a really good year in the VFL, put up some big numbers and yeah, keen on his future. Yeah, I would be I'd, like, like you, I'd be keener if uh, those two big names didn't come in because that's pretty much going to eat up all his midfield potential. As a forward, mm-hmm. don't love him as a scorer, but future there's good signs if you can hold it for another year and you know get him in a in a breakout year or something like that when he's got that forward status um yeah that could be juicy more notes case liam shields yeah forward okay, status. i'm on a roll liam shields has forward status that's absolutely crazy but uh average 64 last year but uh four of his 10 games that he played did score 70 plus i think he's worth a, a late looking draft with that dpp interesting to see how he's used at the ruse obviously teaming back up with clarko um, but you know you've owned him for you know many years in you know in in our league half just a pretty consistent player obviously when he was that inside midfielder but um you know the ruse need all the help they could get if you can get you know 12, 15 good games of him as a forward this year. I think that's a, a big return on a potentially a low investment. Even on the outside, he's been handy. Like he can put up a 90, well, in the past, he's been able to put up like a 90 type average. And looking at the Roos side, they've brought in Tucker, they've brought in Shields. Like there's, a, like I think they've kind of addressed a need for some outside players because what they've had in the past had Polex, Stevenson, those kind of guys. And I think they've played like uh, Taylor out there. Um, Flynn Perez, I think is one that's been out there. Like they're not really household names. Um, I feel like they need to. They're trying to address that outside kind of play, and Liam Shields, with a bit of experience, could be one that goes there. Wouldn't be surprised if, surprised if someone like Tucker or something surpasses him. Maybe Bailey Scott out there as well. But um, I think he's there. He'll probably get used at some stage, depending on what they need, and could put up some handy scores there. Yeah, I just think you'd get him for pretty cheap in a draft. I don't think too many people would be looking at yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I think when he plays, he could be a really good scorer for Yeah, agree. Yeah, he'll slip down the ranks and yeah, could score a lot better than his ADP. He's probably going to be in a keeper league draft, that's for sure. Uh, Trent Bianco. Now, he's added forward status in fantasy. He had it in Ultimate Footy last season, did he, Kays? He did, yes. He's just got a lot of potential to play like an outside role. Um, potentially, I think as a junior, he played in the midfields. I don't think he might not get there at senior level, but definitely got potential to play some uh, outside midfield time at Collingwood as well. So I've just got him there, given he's got four status. If he can lock down a role in that midfield at some stage, he could be pretty handy. And Collingwood don't seem to be afraid to you know, blood the younger ones, but he's coming into his third season. So could be um, could be something to look at. You know, One to draft late and see how he goes, I reckon. Lockie Jones case. Yeah, mate. One of your boys. He's got back forward status. I think he had forward added late in Ultimate last year, but I thought he showed some glimpses at times in his second year. Um, obviously, he had struggled with injuries and, you know, Port having a, a pretty decent side. Asterix, uh, when I say that with you, Hef. But um, look, they do have a good side. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he kind of falls into it this season. But uh, for me, I think he's worth a late flyer. I love the back forward uh, status DPP guys because they just provide you with that extra flexibility, especially, you know, if you if your side's going to play through uh, four weeks of buyers, I think um, those guys who can just give you that added flexibility added flexibility uh, are worth their weight in gold. So if he can kind of establish himself in Port's best 22, may not have the most fantasy-friendly role next year, but uh, I do like what I'm seeing with Lockie Jones. Yeah, I agree with you that he might not have the most fantasy-friendly role because I just can't see him playing on that half-back line. He, like, he does have the kind of attributes to be a semi-handy forward. Like, he's a big boy. He's got a good, you know, amount of toe on him. Like, he can get off the mark pretty bit quickly. Bit of power pepper about Exactly. Him. And that's just what I'm wondering. Like, does he play a similar role to that? Or does he even get in the side because he's too similar to power pepper in mm-hmm. that respect? I'm just not 100% mm-hmm. sure on that one. Um, like, my gut feel is he's probably just on the verge of best 22 at the moment. But, um, like I said, he's a he's a, a good tackler as well. So, he can play that pressure kind of role too. But yeah, I just don't know how good the fantasy scoring is going to be, even if he does get in the side, because I think he's probably stuck forward for the time being, and you probably want him on that half-back line. But yeah, there's a bit mm. of competition there, especially with Farrell, looking like he'll go back there now as well, but we'll talk Ooh, about him yeah. later. Um, now, Charlie Constable case. Do you think he gets a game this year? <laughs> well, maybe for the VFL side. <laughs> he's at a defender status, and just... I, I kind of do think he's not in the best, or no, he's not in the best 22, but just looking at um, Gold Coast list, they've got Butterick out for most of the season. They've got Weller out for a fair chunk of the season. They've got Powell out, I think, probably for most of the season as well. They're all injured. They've recruited... They were all injured last year. Well, halfway through the year, for sure. But 
Well, he didn't play, did he? Well, my point is maybe they've kind of in the second half of the year they've started playing him in the in the defence because I don't watch any right, VFL, right. and maybe they're grooming him to kind of fill a need this year because like looking at his scores, he had, he put up some monster scores, average one hundred and six um, last year in the VFL. But yeah, a lot of them, uh, no, it's pretty consistent all year. So it looks like he was playing midfield all year, but if he's kind of like reshaped himself into a defender. There might be an opportunity there. Like I said, they've recruited Long, so you mm. probably play Long ahead of him because he's got more AFL experience, really. But their halfback flank kind of running defender, general defender stocks are looking super slim. And if he's someone that's been training and playing there, just keep an eye on the preseason reports, see how he's tracking because he's a fantasy jet, just not at the senior level. <laughs> well, I know it's Christmas time and we should believe in miracles, but I don't think Charlie Cunts will play yeah, I'll, AFL. Is, I'll is believe it when I see it, but just one to note with the with the um, position change there, might be a little more valuable than nothing, I think. Is what I'm trying to say. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, Josh Goda, you love this guy, Case. Oh, mate. 2023 is the year of the GOAT. Uh, I just want every piece of him. I'm trying my best to get him off the guy in our league. Uh, I just loved his debut game. Um, 82 off the halfback flank, just the run and the drive. Um, obviously Aaron Hall I think they signed up for one more year which is super annoying but uh, what I like is that Goda played after they'd signed Clarkson so I reckon Clark was like get the goat in and they did and he played sensationally uh, average 60 in the VFL obviously nothing amazing there but I just loved his run and drive with the back status added here I, th- I think he's just one who could just come out of nowhere next year I think he's an absolute bolter uh, a great size I just think there's something about him and I want to you know put it out there right now that I am all in on the goat next year. Get your get your goat on. Is that the uh, the quote? The, the advert? Goat Correct. slope. Yeah. Uh, right, no, nah, I do like... Well, he only played that one game, did play on the halfback line and looked really yep. good. So um, that will make sense. And uh, yeah, if he can lock down a spot, he definitely looks like he's got fantasy game. Plus he's called the goat. So <laughs> like what, what more does he need to do really? It's it's built. He's meant to exactly. Be. That's all it is. It's a prophecy. Last one of guys who have added a position. Um, Angus Sheldrick probably no surprises there. So only played two games at the AFL level. I think he averaged twenty eight or yeah, I think he was twenty eight in his first game. One as a sub. So he actually played as a small forward. Doesn't actually score that well as a forward. The reason why I've just listed him is he was just an underage fantasy jet as a midfielder. So I don't see him playing in the midfielder. Uh, in the midfield at Sydney, uh, not anytime soon anyway. So if you can stash him for a year that he can break into the side and then maybe break into a midfield, he might be one to think about, but definitely a long-term stash option, if anything. But I just thought I'd add that because he got forward status added and we're always looking for new forwards. So that one's there. All right, the guys who have changed positions. So basically either gone from defender to forward or forward to defender. So the first one case, Wayne Miller has gone from a defender to forward. This is great for mm. fantasy, I think, but it depends on where he plays. If he plays as a defender, he might score well. As a forward, you pretty much write him off in fantasy, don't you think? He's just, he's just one of those players who potentially should be a lot more than he is, fantasy-wise. Yeah. Um, classy, what did he average? 50 last year. Like, Probably really just sits where he is. Didn't have anything more than a 77. Just has so much class, it just doesn't get... That much of the footy, yeah. I, I, I look, he, he'll be handy, like just to have his backup, maybe, or or he could just go that next level. But uh, I'm I'm happy to kind of pass on. Him. Yeah, same. Like if if he looks like he's like watch preseason, if he looks like he's lining up in defence again um, on half back line or even a wing, he can push up to there, then start to pay attention. But like I've said it for years, he just seems to look in terms of actual football. He looks a little bit more dangerous for the Crows as a forward. And I think they've kind of recognised that and stuck him back there. Um, but yeah, you want him playing on the halfback line. That's the thing. But listed as a forward, um, he might be handy at some stage this year. But I wouldn't hold my breath too much. Um, the other one that's kind of changed, or another one that's changed, is Mitch McGovern. He's gone from a forward to a defender. Uh, he's not as valuable as a defender, is he? Forward is what you wanted him as. Still, but what did he come in? His last five average was 73. You know, had a couple of scores in the 80s there. He just takes clunks. Plays the um, right game for fantasy on that half-back line for oh, a taller player. Big time. Like, I'd be drafting him, you know, he's going to be on on, on dra- in drafts next year because people won't be holding him or, you know, they might not have picked him up at all. I'm, I'm keen on him. I think he's just a, one of those reliable key defenders who is basically good for a 70 average. So, he's, he's a D5. Yes, he, he was 
absolute gold as a forward, but you know it's it's the right move. The the, the decisions the correct yeah, one. Yeah, Like he's he's a defender now, obviously. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Darcy Tucker's gone from a defender to a forward. Now this is super handy given um, his trade to North Melbourne and the fact that there probably yep. is a bit of a wing spot open or he'll probably get an opportunity there. So he's one to definitely take note of this preseason to see how he's tracking because there's definitely some potential here. He's looked like he's you know had a fantasy game for a while um, back at Frio and we've kind of brought him up quite a few times on the podcast. But uh, yeah, does Darcy Tucker interest UKs? He does, he does, especially at the, the ruse. Like I know sometimes the ruse have had a history of uh, not letting players kind of deliver on their promise. But, um, you know, Tucker's a hardworking player, runs both ways, um, has a bit of hunger for the footy. So, yeah, I- I'm keen to look at him with that um, DPP status for sure. I think the ruse just don't deliver on their promise of being a decent football team. Yeah. I think that's more the issue than the players. True. But <laughs> just as a collective, they're no good. Uh, Liam Baker, you've added here, Kays. What's the go there? Well, he went from mid-defender, now he's a defender forward. So, it just sits in that same caliber of, I love guys with the, the back forward DPP, uh, gives him that flexibility. And we know Baker, on his day, can score. He's obviously a little bit inconsistent because he really is their, um, you know, everywhere man. If he can kind of get a little bit of a, a roll off the halfback flank, um, you know, he can push a, a 75 kind of average if he gets the right role. So, um you know, one to take. I don't think any's gonna. No one's gonna hold him. I don't think. Um, so, would definitely be looking at him in a draft. Yeah, I think the midfield, the little midfield time that he did have, probably dries up. But he still can score a right if he plays off that halfback flank. So, he, he needs that halfback flank. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's a bit of a, a nothing. Yeah, role. as long as he's got that, actually playing that in real life, not in fantasy. You know what I mean? But um, I think yes. that's probably where he's probably going to be used a bit. The thing is, short goes back there. This year as well. Does he drop? He's scoring a bit. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I suppose Shaw and, and Rioli established himself as a, as a great defender yeah. last year. So, uh, yeah, could be... I'd take him on the promise that he's, he's best 22, gives your fantasy team some flexibility. Um, at least some really solid bench cover at worst. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. We're going to talk about the players that have uh, lost their DPP. We, we won't talk about all of them because um, some of them are pretty clear cut and dry. But the first one on the list, Kays, is Jordan Dugowie. He has lost forward status. <coughs> yes, he has, Hef. Why the hell has he lost forward you status? You picked a huge argument with uh, Fantasy Freako over this one. <laughs> I didn't pick any <laughs> argument. But uh, look, he had 77% of the CBAs over the entire season for Collingwood. And I guess he started, I think um, I think there was a split put up at some stage, but over the last few rounds as well, he played phenomenal midfield numbers, which kind of pushed him over that 35% threshold to be a forward. So, um, yeah, Case, uh, that's probably the reasoning. What's your What's your thoughts on this? So, well, now I have, you and, you and Warney are basically the two big dogs of fantasy, oh, aren't you? I don't but know. I think Stevie Fizz is up there, surely. Well, okay, <laughs> you guys are the holy trinity then. <laughs> Jeez. But I think that we're missing the real big dog of fantasy football is Frico because he's the one that actually sets the positions. I just don't feel we hear, hear from him enough because it would be great if we knew some of these decisions. Now, obviously, you know, I, I just was a bit upset that as a Dugowie owner, you know, he'd lost forward status. And for me, I think he's just, for me, he's like a career mid-forward, you know, DPP kind of player. I just want to know why we don't find out these splits. You know, he was good enough to tweet the, the split later. Today, he tweeted about, you know, Bailey Smith missing uh, DPP by 0.6%. I just don't know why we don't get this information uh, that we can't read. Like, I would love it if uh, the start of each season, you know, Frico came out and said, look, these are the, the 20 biggest moves or the holds from the preseason, you know. Um, Dugowie's split, you know, in 2021 was, you know, 50% forward, 50% mid this year. It's... 30% forward, 70% mid. You know, what percentage is um, uh, Josh Dunkley? What percentage is, I don't know, Rory Laird? Or, you know, name any player, Ben Keys. We should get this data, I think. And I think that would make the game a whole lot more inclusive for everyone. And it'd be super interesting for, for guys who like the stats, especially, you know, someone like you and There's me. There's so much data that I wish we had, to be honest, guys. But, uh, yeah, if um, the AFL actually wanted to release but it, why I'd pay hide for it, it is my question. Honest, but, but why hide it? I don't it? know. Then maybe it's, um, yeah, no idea. Maybe it's something that clubs want to keep separate from each other. They don't want to, I don't know, but surely clubs have it. I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to. I would, I would love it. It just, just seems like that, that disconnect between the, 
the AFL and yeah. the fans when you, you know, we like fantasy players are the 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 true nuts. And I think it would just be good if it doesn't have to give it for every player, but like the the contentious ones, or you know, why did Nat Five get it? You know, what did Ben Cunnington do? You know, like in, so instead of there being this mystery around it all, there you know, it's just some hard facts, and you know, winges like me can. Um, suck it up and get on with it. I suppose that's that's where. <laughs> well, I'm we fought from. for years to get CBAs up, and they finally came through with them. I would love wing attendance as well. I'm not sure if there's actually anyone that keeps a wing attendance, but like I like knowing just who's starting in the midfield mix and centre bounces, centre bounces, and wing attendances yeah, yeah, give yeah. you give you that kind of information where they're starting. Um, but yeah, you don't really get whether a player's starting back or forward. And I'm not sure if anyone like they obviously keep them because that's how they decided the position. So maybe it'd be great if we get it. It would be. It would be. It'd just be awesome to know some more of this stuff, I think. You know, like what goes into to all of this stuff. Uh, obviously, Freako would never come on our pod because yeah, you've ruined um, it. his worst enemy now, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> but it'd be sweet if the traders got him on or something like that, just so, you know, we could learn some more about this this stuff. You know, is, yeah. it, is it actually the starting positions or is it... He's been on the um, traders you know, before, but I don't think maps? they delved into this, that's all. Yeah. I'd love it. I'd love a deep dive. That's all I'm saying as a... As a AFL Nuffy, I'd love it. All right, Dugowie loses forward status and um, Kays has been crying. He'll get it back. Tears for days now. Who wants Dugowie in my league? Does anyone want to go? <laughs> no, I think I traded him an to 80, An ago. 80 average nobody, <laughs> an 80 average mid. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, it's not great, is it? Um, another one uh, that has lost defender status, that's Mark Blitzars, but as a ruck, um, he's still going to be pretty handy. But if you're planning on playing him in defence like a lot of people were last season um, and having a separate ruckman, um, you won't be able to do that anymore. You have to play him as a midfielder. Which who knows? He's still probably going to be pretty handy if he plays in the same um, to the same extent he does last year. Last year, that's for sure. Kadeen mm. um, Coleman um, lost uh, forward status, but no surprises there. He was a star on the halfback flank last year when he wasn't getting injured. But uh, yeah, when he did play, he was pretty bloody awesome. He's so good. He's so yeah, good. definitely. Um, Harry Perryman is a bit of a bit of a stiff one. So he's lost defender status, and yeah, like if you take into the account that it's where you start. He missed a fair ch- a bit of the season with injury, um, started on the wing a lot and then went inside as like a contested slash tagger, um, a midfielder towards the end of the season. So just kind of, if he probably played more games, he probably would have kept his defender status because he would have started on the halfback flank a bit more. But yeah. because he... He'd be another one that would be a great breakdown. Yeah, though. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think it would be quite high. Like, I seem to remember, like, I watch wing attendances super closely because, yeah, I like to just know he's in that midfield mix once I've got the CBAs as well. I do remember him being there quite a bit earlier on and then definitely in the midfield attending CBAs at the end of the season. So, kind of makes sense. But, yeah, we'll talk about some well, – there's a question later about who, who might get it in Ultimate Footy and I think he might be one that they might kind of, you know, show a bit of charity to. But um, Scott Pendlebury, he lost defender status. He was firmly back in the midfield at the end of the year. Kind of that experiment they tried and uh, didn't follow on with because they kind of needed him in the gut. So, probably no surprises there. This one hurts. Elijah Hollands loses forward status case. What do you what do you make of that? Look, I only saw bits and pieces yeah, of Hollands same. last season. I, I liked what I saw, but I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought he'd be one who would lose that forward status um, so quickly. But um, even as like it hurts, I don't, I don't know what you do as an owner. Like, what do you do? Do you hold him? Well, yeah. Like even as even as a what am I trying to say? Like. Okay, say he did start in the midfield enough times to be classed as a midfield only. Is that where what Gold Coast's intention for him is as a mid only or is it a mid forward? Um, that's my thoughts because like, they've got a pretty deep midfield. So, he's might be one that I think might get it back pretty soon depending on how they um, yeah. choose to play him. Um, yeah, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's another one of those head scratcher ones. Like he kicked what five goals four from five games, so he didn't have any issues getting up forward. Um, if that's what it is, so uh, yeah, if if you're talking ultimate footy, he might be one that gets a little bit of charity. Uh, look, obviously we, we've so, we, he's shown what he can do in those five games last year. Uh, average seventy three um, shows he's going to be an absolute talent. Yeah. But I do think that yeah, he's going to be he's going to be a guy that does naturally especially next year probably the year after split his time um you know as a mid forward just while he still gets into the the afl system i guess the other side of it is um they drafted bailey humphrey at pick six who is like that proper inside um inside midfielder slash like forward like we'll swap between the two and he was like he's like a ready built beast ready to go type thing as well so i wouldn't be surprised if he has a crack early um, and he could play that kind of forward mid-roll and then maybe Hollands does more in the middle. I don't know. 
Well, they've got your boy Jed Anderson there yeah, too true. now. So. Well, that pushes a few out then. I don't know. They've got so many good inside midfielders, the Suns. If they don't win the flag next year, I don't know. <laughs> I was will. really hoping Jed Anderson wouldn't get picked up, so that would just make the decision for me. Because is he still a forward as well? I didn't actually check that. So yeah, yeah it I didn't come he up is, on yeah, he's a no, So that's now yeah. something I have to think about. Because if he's you know going to make up for that Hugh Greenwood role that they lost a few years ago or whatever, like there's potential <laughs> if he's actually playing. So I don't know. There I don't want to keep him, but... I'd hate to throw him away and he averages like an 80 as a forward or something like that. That would be really annoying. So anyway, um, Mason Wood, uh, he played a lot in the wing last year. He's lost forward status. Any surprises for you, Kays? No, he's a yeah, wingman now. that's what I thought. Um, so that's on there. Uh, Todd Goldstein lost forward status. Potential to get it back depending on how they rotate this year, but I think by the end, um, yeah, they wanted him back in the rucks so they could actually win some hitouts. Plus, I think both their other rucks got injured or I can't remember what happened, but um, uh, yeah, Sherry Sherry got injured and I think Coleman Jones probably just wasn't quite up to doing it solo. So, yeah, um, he was back in the in the ruck with the ruck only next season, but maybe some potential to get forward status back. I'm not really sure there. I'm not sure how they make it up. Uh, Justin McInerney is another one who lost defender status. Um, he was on the wing pretty firmly, so no surprises there, Kays. Not at all. No, he's a... Uh out and out wingman yep. these days. Uh, Bailey Scott, he lost uh, forward status, but he still kept his defender status. So given that he plays on the wing a bit, the thing is he scores better as a defender. I just can see him pigeonholed as a winger, that's all. So um, I'm not sure how he goes this season, but it's probably worth just taking a look at while he's got that defender status. Do you agree? It's going to be interesting with Scott. Yeah, it's worth taking with with that um, status. You know, with you know, we talked about Goda, Hall still around, Tucker comes in, you know... <laughs> Probably not as hot as him as I would have been, yeah. you know, this time last year. Oh, so, you know, six months into the season last year. Um, you know, even with someone like, you know, we've seen McInerney go into that wing role, lose a bit of relevance when he was a good defender. He's kind of dropped off our radars a bit. Um, you know, that wing role alone is really hard to to score at. Um, Bailey Scott show he, showed he could do it as a defender, but yeah. that wing role is a real, real It depends role. on the player and the team's game plan, whether they use their outside run and whether they're the accumulator type as well. And unfortunately, North Melbourne just don't get their hands on the footy enough to even kind of hold enough possession for anyone to really accumulate. Um, and yeah, he's not really a, an accumulator himself. So he was better off that halfback line when Hall was out and basically everyone was injured and he was kind of the main man out of defence. But yeah, with everyone fit, I just don't think he's that guy. So yeah, disappointing. But yeah, Bailey Scott loses forward status. Um, Jai Cully lost forward status from the few games he played. He was in the midfield. In the waffle, he was in the midfield as well. So um, probably no surprises there. Just a few coaches probably hoping he kept it for this season because I reckon West Coast are going to blood him pretty heavily next year. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to be starting from ground zero next year. I think they've got to do the rebuild. The I think life. they've already hinted in press conferences. I'm um, Simpson that's basically saying, like, you're going to see a young side next year. Um, you're going to see a proper rebuild. So exciting for us fantasy coaches because we might find some uh, gems there and we might see players like Yo go back to halfback full time, things like that. But um, yeah, I don't think uh, he's going to be as relevant as a mid only, that's all. Now, Kane Farrell lost forward status Ks, but there's probably a silver lining to that. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah. There is. So, I think he, Kane Farrell, is my under-the-radar target of this preseason. So, he's going to go into all the, you know, the the draft um, machines as a 66 averaging midfielder, which will drop him down a lot of lists. But I'm kind of shocked. I don't know if you are, Hef, that he didn't get defender status because he did play a fair bit down at halfback last year. Port like it in his hands. He's got an absolute weapon of a foot. I think he can push maybe 75, 80. Uh, and I reckon a defender DPP ad is coming and um, I'd be keen to get involved in Kane Farrell and I reckon you'll get him. Yeah, sure. it was only probably the last three or four games he played as a defender. So if you look at it over the whole year, started on the wing most of the time. So that's why he doesn't have a DPP. But yeah, I 100% agree. I think his position is going to be on the halfback flank. Just such a super boot, um, you know, accurate with his kick, uh, can hit up targets, you know, powerful as well, can kind of, Gain, gain a lot of kind of a lot of ground um, with his running speed, I guess as well. So with leg speed as well. So yeah, I think he's going to be a halfback flanker and a real potentially fantasy relevant one. Yeah, I think the seventy five to eighty average is real. Like it could go there. Um, all things go to plan. Uh, Peter Adams lost four status. Um, 
pretty much had to ruck cover injuries and uh, ruck by himself for a fair bit last season. Plus, in the twos, he would have been rucking a bit there, and that gets factored in. So, no probably surprises there. But, um, yeah, everyone thought he was going to be a breakout candidate last year, but uh, didn't eventuate. Um, maybe some scope going forward, given um, the age of their other ruckman. But, uh, yeah, as with no forward status, he's not one I'm hot on. Um, same with uh, Tristan Sherry. He's lost forward status as well. He's ruck only, given what he did last season. Uh, Lockie Ash Kays, though, he's lost defender status. Now, you're an owner. What are your thoughts? Are you still keen on him where he's not, with his not a defender? What's the go? Uh, obviously not, but also maybe yes. I think he's another one who could be a, a real underrated pickup if things go his way. I think he's going to be a massive preseason watch now we've spoken about. Uh, Taranto and Hopper landing at the Tigers, so that means that frees up some midfield space at the Giants. And potentially Ash could be you know, one of the guys to replace them. We, we saw him you know, do the age-old thing of being the run with Tagger for most of last year. That's led to a lot of guys end up being a proper midfielder. It's, you know, it's part of their education to, to learn what it takes to be a proper midfielder. He could be one that goes in and, um, you know, along with uh, Tom Green, they could be the next, you know, next stage of the, the Giants midfield. Obviously a bit smaller and, and different play to, to Green, but sh- Ash, is so, Ash has shown that he's got a, a really nice ceiling, albeit off the halfback, but he could be a bargain get. He's a real uh, wait and see candidate for me because I think, um, you know, if the role is there, he could be a very handy fantasy scorer. Um, you know, if he's pushed back out into that wing and, and being played as a bit of a nobody, um, that's going to be uh, not as nice. But, uh, you know, new coach, new new um, possibilities for Lockie Ash next year. Yeah, and there's quite a few. Like, you, you know, you've got the obvious ones. You've got Hopper and you've got Taranto gone. But people forget that Tanner Brune was kind of given a fair chunk of CBAs um, last year as well. Um, so there is a big hole there to fill. So, yeah, Ash could be one that goes in for sure. Uh, O'Driscoll. Um, oh, sorry. And then Ash, yeah. With the mid only, though, what do you reckon, Kays? Do you think you keep him? Uh, he's going to be probably like a borderline wait and see until my last minute decision, just to see any any kind of preseason, um, you know, game yeah, okay. time. See where yep. he's playing. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, Nathan O'Driscoll, he lost defender status. He's, he was firmly on the wing last year, so I don't think there's any surprises there. And uh, Maxi Holmes, another one, lost four status, but again, <laughs> on the outside a bit. How good is Max Holmes? <laughs> you love him. What do you, what do you think he averages this year? I love Maxi Holmes. Uh, uh, 85. Do you think he's on the wing all year and that's his role, or do you reckon he makes a move? Holmes one wing, Smith the other. Um, you know, look out, the cats will be strong again. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I think he's he's just got it all. Like he's a really hard runner, uh, uses the ball well, knows how to find the footy. Uh, yeah, I love Max Holmes. Uh, just a few more that probably no surprises, but uh, Connor Nash lost four status. He played a lot in the midfield last year. He's a mid only. Jack Zebel uh, lost uh, defender status. He's a forward now, I believe. Um, but yeah, as a forward, we know he's pretty putrid in terms of his scoring, so um, probably irrelevant anyway. Will Phillips is an interesting one. What did he play... Two games, was it? And lost forward status? Can't remember. He missed most of his last season. Oh, that's right. Sorry, he played two games in the VFL. That's right. And, um, yeah, lost his forward status because he obviously didn't play forward in the VFL. So, yeah, that's uh, a bit sad for owners who are probably expecting some things there. But, uh, yeah, it happens because we've got to remember that they take the VFL positions because Champion Data controlled the data for that too and they take that into account there as well so unfortunate that you missed his forward year but uh, it is what it is I guess any thoughts Uh, look it's hard to see where he fits into everything obviously missing a whole year of footy Um, you know uh, his uh, underage numbers were some of the best we've seen in the last five or six years so if he can actually get a full crack at it it could be you know something massive but um, yeah yeah Obviously, he's a, he's a real wait and see for the preseason yeah, too. Yeah, correct. All right, we'll go straight into some listener questions. I apologise, I kind of forgot and put this out super late, but we did get five questions or so in at latest notice, so it gives us something to talk about here and fill up the fill up the podcast. But uh, anyway, the first one comes from Trav014. How late does Harms go now that he's a forward? What do you reckon, Kaz? Uh, I think he's going to go a lot earlier. And I think there's going to be leagues, you know, probably like ours, uh, who keep 16, who will yeah. hold him. Like, I think he's just that safe, 
potentially F3, you know, just who knows what he could be. If he's a 75 averaging forward, he could be more than handy next year. I think he's, yeah, he's, um, his value's risen significantly over the last, you know, three or four days. The thing is, it's like almost irrelevant, like tracking his preseason because his position would just change at the flip of a dime anyway. Like he will yep. play, he'll play on the wing for some games. He might go inside for a couple of games. He could play on a halfback flank for a game and he could play it forward for a game. Like, and his scoring will be different in any kind of place that he plays. So, yeah, it's, it's a real tricky one because there's no point even monitoring him because he's just like a, such a player that they switch around. Um, but, yeah, worth owning just in those games where he does get a cushy role. You know, sit him on your bench, loophole him on if he does get one of those roles and go from there. Um, next one comes from at Ninja Spoon one uh, Any relevant DPP traps that would likely lose DPP next year versus their trade value in 2023? Um, this, I wish I spent more time thinking about this, but uh, the ones that kind of came to mind straight up were, um, yeah, Cole Langford and maybe Nick Martin. Depends who plays the wing, who plays forward out of those guys. I think Nick Cox will probably come back depending on where he plays. Um, yeah, I think one of those guys will spend a lot of time on the wing this year and might uh, lose DPP there. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, I've got Fife with a question mark here. We've kind of we kind of think he play forward, don't you reckon, Case? Yeah, I so do. he probably won't yeah. be a trap. I'm surprised Nick Martin actually held his forward status. I thought he was. Yeah, same. I think it's but, for the first half of the um, season, I guess. That, and I think he went back there for a spell in the middle it. as well. So he probably just did enough to get that 35. percent But it definitely would be a majority mid. That's for sure. Um, Tommy Atkins holds his defender status he's fairly in the midfield though for Geelong so he might be one who loses it do you reckon yeah Yeah. Um, Cornelio's still got uh, forward status I don't know if he used a trap it's just that like I think with Hopper gone Taranto gone just don't expect him to keep forward status I think I think he's still a pretty handy scorer when he's in the midfield but um, yeah like you're going to have to just have a plan for who fills his hole um, that he leaves in the forward line when he loses his DPP um Darcy Tuck, I reckon, is a bit of a trap for long-term thinking because, you know, people draft him as a forward this year but might play on a wing for a lot of the year um, or even in the midfield. That's where he wants to play. Um, I don't think he really sees himself as a forward, that's for sure. So um, I don't think he's going to hold that for long. And the other one I just thought it was maybe Errol Golden because I think Sydney did rotate so many wingers last season and they settled with Dylan Stevens. But do you reckon, do you reckon Dylan Stevens is the guy, Case? Uh, he was very impressive. I think Golden, the good thing about him is his goal sense is is fantastic. I think he's that that live wire. Who knows where the big sticks are? I think, um, you know, in a bit of a way, you know, to goey of old, I suppose, was they've got that. He's got that knack around goals, knows where they are. I think, um, yeah, there's every chance he could lose it. But I think in Sydney's side at the moment, while their midfield's so strong, I think he's that guy who, who just can sit on a forward flank for the next yeah. couple of years. Uh, no drama. The way I look at well. it is like McInerney's got one wing sewn up, I reckon, and then the other one kind of seemed to rotate between three or four or two or three different players throughout the year. So, um, yeah, Golden was one of them. Um, we saw Stevens come into the side late. We even saw um, uh, Mills play a bit out in the wing on the outside as well, but he kind of just started there and kind of went in as another midfielder. So, yeah, it, it's um, interesting to see, but, uh, yeah, he's just one that potentially I think would make a good outside midfielder and, uh, yeah, could lose that forward status going forward. Um, at McGrath DT, kind of asked the uh, flip side of that, well, kind of, um, who are the most likely guys to gain DPP in the UF late edition? So I think he actually means the um, the ones that you get pre-season. Um, and they're a bit more like what do you class the player as or what do you think? They're less data-driven, aren't they, Case? They're a lot more uh, gut feel, yeah. which is well, I'm a big yeah, fan of. So them. I think their their whole shtick is like when you look at a player, what position do you think of them as? Type thing, which is very open for mm-hmm. interpretation. And in the past, not a real criticism, but I think they watch some teams closer than they watch others and things like that. And a few players do get forgotten about. But I guess when you're leaving it up to human, um, you know, knowledge, there is open to human error too. So it's not the end of the world. It's um quite a good thing actually to have a bit more of a kind of um, a human take on it and less data driven take but uh, yeah there's a few that I think are a shot so I think Jaden Short might be a shot because started the year there last year everyone assumes he's going back there so I reckon Jaden Short might be a chance um, at least not straight away he'll probably get at the first DPP change I think Kane Farrell we talked about before might get um, because he played there the last four games they might you know roll over that one um, Harry Perryman is uh, one that I think as well could get defender DPP. What do you reckon, Kay? Is there any for you? Oh, look. Uh, if you're going on that, you know, 
what are they principal? You know, I think I think obviously the guys are forward. Um, <laughs> others like no, but they do, they, for me like that's what that that was kind of my rationale. Like uh, you, you kind of assume Jordan to go is a, a kind I think, of forward. I think that's on me. that like you're you're assuming though though on his like his career. Like there's so many players that like you know you'd have Laird as a defender again. You'd have Short as a defender. No worries, but like. No. Not over the, not over the. Laird is not a defender. The last two or three. Yeah, but years. like I'm saying, in the well, no, the last year really. Like, and Dugowie was the same. He didn't really play up forward that much. He did kick 18 goals, but a lot of them were from the midfield. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, what's Connor Rosie now? Is he a midfielder? Or is he's he a like for this season, he's a midfield. But going forward, like he's a midfielder, locked in. So yeah, see, and that's that's you know a similar kind of thing. Uh, like, is Ben Keyser forward? No, have? absolutely not. And he played there because he was injured. You were you were t- you were telling me all late last season he's a forward pocket now, so you know. <laughs> I only want the opposite of what you want, and now you want him as a forward. So yeah. uh, at Milne That's underscore fair. AFF, I think he actually said something about the goat is back, but I left that out because I didn't want to flatter you. Um, but Thanks, uh, with Max King out, uh, is Rowan Marshall a chance to get forward DPP early on? What are your thoughts? Do they put Marshall in the forward line and play someone like Tom Campbell, or did they pick up another Ruckman? I can't remember. Um, or do they just kind of replace him like with a? Is a Jack Hayes close to coming back? What's the go there? Uh, he did his ACL pretty around early three. On, so there's potentially a chance. There's potentially a chance of that. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to get it very early. That would be my gut feel if he did. I, do you think he gets I've it at all? Thought, mm, Robert Marshall's a ruck yeah, exactly. for me. Like he's he's not a ruck forward. I think he got blessed with Paddy Ryder being around, um, you know, with that status recently. Yeah, look, obviously Tom Campbell's there. Uh, did they? get I'm just looking in? it up here. I'm just looking Wait, up all the rucks so on the Max Heath list. They've Isaac Keeler. Yeah, Max Heath, Rowan Marshall, nah. Isaac Keeler was a um, young draftee. Obviously, he's an absolute freak athlete. Okay, so no, I I can't see. It. I think you're gonna have to have Marshall as you. Number one ruck. I think as soon as Jack Hayes is fit, he just goes up forward. Marshall plays majority of the ruck time and they swap a little bit. And yeah. pinch hits. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, probably not, I don't think. Unless you think they're going to play Tom Campbell, but it, it's like they avoided playing Tom Campbell at all costs, like every club has, no matter how much he's dominated the twos over his career. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think that anyone really wants to play Tom Campbell. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, the last one comes from at uh, Doey48. Uh, um, after losing four status, is Holmesy a keeper? Now, I'm assuming they're not talking about Kyle Holmesy Holmes from the Point of Difference Pod Pod podcast. I actually had the pleasure of meeting Holmesy uh, the other weekend, Case. Uh, good fella. But uh, I'm assuming they're talking about Maxi. What do you think? Keeping Maxi? Uh, yeah, I love Max. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's hard. He's probably never going to be a hundred. It's a deeper league, though. He's genuine. Yeah. Oh, well, then yeah, definitely because he's he's going to be a he's going to be in your starting midfield, um, if not in like utility spot. Uh, I hope I hope the other podcast is keeping Holmes. Isn't he the big draw card? Uh, yes, I think they've signed him up for another couple of years. So yeah, he'll be around. Yeah. Wow. Big big, big news. Wow. Not. Not sure if that ex- that's exclusive, but uh, yeah, Holmes is sticking around on the pod pod. So came to Adelaide especially for a for a meeting. So yeah, no, no, jeez, that other podcast must have a lot of money to throw yeah, around. Fly him over for like AGM, that sort of thing. But nah, um, nah, he was just here for uh, I think some work actually. But uh, yeah, good, to, good, to, good to meet him, and uh, yeah, good to hang out. Anyways, that wraps it up for another episode. We won't be back until the new year, until I guess weekly episodes start again, and uh, there'll be a bit of a rotation roster. Casey will be around a bit, won't you? Yeah, probably good for maybe once a month or something like yeah. that going forward. That's, I think, what we've kind of figured out. You've got some big guests lined up for the uh, uh, team well, podcast. In my head, stuff, I do. I haven't really approached anyone yet, though, so I'm just hoping they say yes. Ah. But, uh, yeah, I've got a couple. I've got a couple confirmed. But, uh, yeah, the rest I've got to kind of beg and ask them to come on still. But uh, plenty of time for that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you are not a member, uh, please support the podcast by signing up to that. There'll be a link in the description below to help you get there. But, uh, yeah, because um, 
I'm doing a lot more work on my own this year. Um, I probably need a bit more support because um, I need to take a bit of time off work to keep the podcast going. So, uh, yeah, if you could uh, help us out and uh, sign up as a member, that'll keep the podcast going. But even if um, that's not an option to actually sign up financially, you can do um, heaps of things to help the podcast. Just basically, you know, follow our, t- follow our socials so we kind of build the following there. Um, retweet our tweets, anything that you think is important. Um, or even just uh, the biggest, one of the big things you could do is yeah, follow our YouTube channel as well because we can uh, do more things on YouTube if we have more followers there. So that would be handy if you could just follow that. So support the podcast in whatever way you can. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. But uh, yeah. Anyways, that uh, wraps it up. Uh, thanks to Manscaped, uh, our sponsor uh, still for the off-season. Um, make sure you get us around get around us on our socials, um, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, because YouTube actually has handles now, which is pretty handy. And uh, yeah, anything from you, Case? No, I think I got my rant off my chest. Just, uh, you know, looking forward into just relaxing into Christmas and then getting stuck into some bulk research ahead of 2023. Yep, uh, enjoy the break, mate, because it's going to be here again before you know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you in the new year. Take it easy, people. See you, everyone. <laughs>